Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tampa Bay Buccaneers from the 48-yard line. Second down, 13. Brady lobs one downfield. Caught ball by Gronkowski. Inside the 20 to the 15-10. Gronkowski to the 5 to the 4-yard line. Holy Gronkowski. <laughs> Third down, 18. Dropping Gannon, looking Gannon, looking Gannon. Those up the middle. It's intercepted at the Derek 30. Brooks. Derek Brooks, 30. Brooks to the 25, He's 20. Gone. Derek Brooks all the way. There it is. The dagger's in. Yeah. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Super Bowl, baby. This is the big nasty. Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. Woo! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. For the first time in almost a month, the Buccaneers will be hitting the road as they take on division rival Atlanta Falcons this Sunday. Up there in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium, Superdome, alien ship, I don't know what they call it, but the Death Star up in Atlanta is the site for this weekend's game. Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, as always, Rhett Matthew, joined alongside me, my good buddy and co-host, the Philly Bucks fan himself. Mr. Evan Wanish. Welcome to our weekly game preview show. Excited to get into it. Evan, how are you doing, my friend? Doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. It's been a good week. doesn't feel like it's been flying by, but I feel like I've gotten a lot done. Opposite for me. I am shocked that tomorrow is Friday. (laughs) I am shocked. I mean, I'm happy, but... I'm also just as happy that I feel like I had a productive week. You know what I mean? Like it, it, uh, those don't come around very often. It seems like, um, but I just, I don't know. I feel like I got a lot done this week, so I guess I'm giving myself a little pat on the back, but it is the game preview show. We're going to be breaking down everything you need to know about this Sunday's game against Atlanta. We're going to kick it off with some player news. And then of course the injury report. So there's a little bit of cause for concern. Um, Definitely not nearly as bad as we thought it would be when the news first broke, but here's what happened this week out of one buck. They had to put running back Ronald Jones and every single specialist on the team was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. So those specialists are Bradley Pinion, um, our boy Ryan Suckup, and then long snapper Zach Triner. Ah, oh, man, kind of a kind of a rough way to start the week when you see news like that, right? Yeah, you know, and and they they've done a fairly good job of, of not really having any, um, I would say high profile COVID cases because they they have had to put some people on on the COVID list uh, this season, but it's never really been like, I, I mean, it was guys like Surreal Grace and Jada Mickens a few weeks back, uh, Benning Patea, I, I think uh, that's how you pronounce his name uh the defensive tackle that was on the practice squad they had to put him on the list a few weeks back so it really wasn't that like noticeable names but now you're talking about a potential unit um you know and now we say that the specialists no we don't mean the entire special teams unit it's just <laughs> no, the, 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 technically technically the the specialists on the team are the the only specialists are the long snapper the punter and the kicker so um the Bucks obviously have a plan. They've been uh, sending out uh, emergency uh, you know, options. Uh, Britton Coldquit 
will be the emergency punter if Bradley Pinion can't go. Garrison, Garrison Sanborn, Sanborn coming back, yeah. former Buck um, coming back to be the long snapper. Yeah, if Zach Triner cannot go, and then Brett Maurer, who was the Cowboys kicker, I believe, last season or the season before that, um, is coming as the emergency kicker, and that is in case Greg Joseph cannot go. Uh, the Bucks have been protecting Greg Joseph on their practice squad every week, just in in this you know for in case this happened. Uh, now it has, so I would think Greg Joseph probably gets elevated and he ends up kicking. But they were just wanted to be on the safe side and have an extra kicker in case you know Joseph was maybe around suck up or pinion or somebody. So. It seems like he's not because he's not been put on the list. So it seems like he'll be their kicker if Suckup can't go. But they there hasn't been any reported positives yet, which is a, a positive uh, that it's just potentially close contact right now. So there is still the potential that all three, Pinion, Triner, and Suckup, could could go um, on Sunday. Now, uh, the, the, as the same as, can't be said for some other guys, but yeah, as far as Ronald Jones, we, yeah. you know, there was news that came out literally the day before he was put on the reserve list that he had a procedure on his pinky to put a pin yeah. in there, um, possibly a dislocated or, or broken pinky, kind of similar to the procedure that was done with Chris yeah. Godwin with his index finger a little while back. He only missed one game from that, but mm. for Ronald Jones and his sake, you know, if you're a betting person. I'm not really, but if you are, I, I I think it's a safe bet that we might not see 27 suit up this week. No, no, I, I don't think it's a safe bet. And it, but it, but if I did want to make that bet, where where would I end up going? I am glad that you asked, Evan. Go ahead and check out our friends at BetOnline.ag. Believe it or not, like I've been saying week after week, the final quarter of the regular season is here. Uh, but you've still got more than enough time to get in on the action with our friends at Bet Online. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And of course, they've always got their online casino, which never closes. So head over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses they currently are running. Bet Online, your online sportsbook expert. So let's talk a little bit more about this Ronald Jones news with the likely possibility that it you know he's just not going to play this week i think it's safe to say we'll see leonard fournette come back he'll get a chance to really be the guy that i guess he's been clamoring to be um you'll see a little bit more of shady but aside from those two guys i wanted to ask you about this one in particular third round pick Keyshawn vaughn he played one snap or he had one carry no he played one snap against minnesota one one snap and one carry and it was for negative five yards so you know, I feel confident we'll see Fournette, feel confident we'll see Shady. I'm 50-50 on if this is the game that, you know, a lot of people have been waiting for when it comes to Keyshawn Vaughn. Well, if if I had to bet, um, I, I would say probably not, just because uh, they, they just seem to, I, I don't know, I don't know. You hear everything that he's practicing well and he's picking things up well, but he just hasn't been able to get in games. And obviously, maybe you could look at it and say, well, you know, they clearly don't trust Fournette as much, or else they wouldn't have, you know, deactivated him before last week's game. That is true. That is a that is a good point. But I just think that right now the plan that if Jones can't go is just to give Leonard Fournette the the bulk of the carries. And then have Shady McCoy come in on pretty much every third down and maybe get Vaughn. I think they would like to get Vaughn some reps, but I don't know if like you're gonna see him 
like I, I don't think you're going to see like Leonard Fournette and Keyshawn Vaughn like have equal amount of carries at the end of this game. Like so I you'll don't think, think you think Shady ultimately finishes with more snaps than Vaughn. Yeah, yeah, I think Fournette and and McCoy both finish. They're going to be the two running backs. I don't I don't think you're going to see much of Keyshawn Vaughn. Now, I mean, if the Bucks obviously go up big, I think it would be smart to put him in. But uh, it all depends on the situation. But let's say that this is going to be a a normal NFL game, a close game. I, I would say that it's going to be Fournette and, and McCoy for the most part, um, barring any injuries, of course. Yeah, and you know, while I am doubtful, you and I kind of feel the same. I am hopeful that you know we do see a little bit of them just because it's it's kind of the perfect yeah. scenario you know with a guy like Leonard Fournette it spoke volumes that he was a healthy scratch last week not to say that they won't trust him this week but we've kind of seen what his productivity is not that he's getting the same type of carries as Ronald Jones it's, has been yeah, getting previous exactly. weeks yeah. but I think we've seen what Leonard Fournette can offer without the outlier well, was obviously the hundred yard performance against Carolina early in the season. Well, yeah, he had that one 46 yard run or whatever at the right. end, but um, yeah, I mean, he's, he was decent early in the season, but then his just play just really dropped off. Um, I think those, uh, I think he struggled with some drops the last few times we'd seen him too. And I yeah. think those are kind of what did him in. Yeah, and I mean, the, you know, the NFL is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and yeah. what Fournette has done lately is played so bad that he's inactive, and what McCoy has done is proven that he was effective on third down last week. So I think you have to keep rolling with that. I think you have a short leash on Fournette and say, hey, like, Vaughn, get some carries. You know, I yeah. Vaughn, Keyshawn Vaughn's going to be here next year. Leonard Fournette isn't. So uh, I think that's pretty safe to say that, that Fournette won't be back. But, um, I mean, we'll see. But uh, if I had to guess, I would say that right now, coming out of the gate, I think Leonard Fournette's going to be their, their starting running back Sunday. Uh, I think Ronald Jones will probably only miss one game, assuming it's not a positive COVID test and that it's just a close contact thing. Um, now a reminder that the Bucks do play on next Saturday. They do not play on Sunday. Yeah, so, so it technically is a short week. Yeah, it, it technically is a short week. Uh, then you got Christmas this that week, and so that'll be a little bit of a a crazy schedule. But um, yeah, I, Chris Godwin, like you said, he missed the game with that finger. I would think Jones was going to miss the game anyway. Uh, so yeah. if he has to miss the game, whatever. Uh, but I think Fournette will get most of the carries with McCoy coming on third down on uh, Sunday. So we'll see. While we're talking about personnel, let's take a look at the injury report, as we always do. This is Thursday's injury report, so the most recent one to come out. Some of these things are obviously subject to change, and we're not always right, but we're going to give it our best shot and tell you who we think plays and does not play. Let's start it off with some good news. Cornerback Jamel Dean with that groin injury, he was full participation. He was upgraded from yesterday, so a pretty safe bet we'll see Jamel suit up this Sunday. Next guy on that list, inside linebacker Levante David, not injury-related, did not participate. If I had to assume here, just a vet day. 54 will be fine. He'll be good to go. Tight end Rob Gronkowski, not injury-related, did not participate. Just another vet day right there. Tackle Joe Haig, who has been dealing with illness, was upgraded to full participation, so a good sign for him. Here's one that I wanted to ask you about. Nose tackle Steve McClendon with an elbow injury. He was downgraded and did not practice today. And I'll tell you that, you know, while a lot of people don't look at a name like Steve McClendon and think it's a major blow to that defensive line, if he doesn't play on Sunday, it, it definitely is in run support. Uh, it's just some depth. Yeah, I, I, I think Nacho actually played one of his better games of the season um, he, he on, really on did, Sunday. Actually, yeah. So. 
So, I mean, him, Sue, and Golston, if, if you, I mean, Sue played great on Sunday, too. So, if you can, if you continue to get that type of production out of Nacho and Sue, I don't really think you'll be missing much. But, yeah, I mean, McClendon would be, would be good for some depth. So, maybe you'll see Khalil Davis get in at some action. Um, another guy, Khalil Davis, will likely be here next year, and Steve McClendon won't. So, we'll see. Obviously, you don't want a guy to, to, to get injured, but, and hopefully he can be out there, but, um, Maybe just another chance for a guy like Davis to step up. Yeah, and it's that time of the week. If it's Thursday, well, you know this guy's going to be on the injury report. Outside linebacker Jason Pierre-Paul with a knee injury. He took his weekly vet day. Actually, no, he didn't. He was limited participation. Oh, so he was like, yeah. you know what, let me just run around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, there we go. And then to wrap things up, tackle Donovan Smith, not injury-related, did not participate. I have a feeling he will be fine think so yeah if if you're able to play an entire game on a bum ankle i think you should be all right if yeah. you're not if you're not practicing due to a non non-related injuries a non-football related injury though there we go now for the falcons they definitely have a lot more questions than tampa bay yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna run through this and then we'll stop we'll kind of talk about some of the more important ones but it is a lengthy there's list for there, there there's one that's gonna stand out more than the rest so. oh absolutely so let's get into it safety ricardo allen concussion protocol did not practice guard james carpenter with a groin injury was limited today defensive tackle marlon davidson with a knee injury did not participate. he was downgraded so, uh, you know, one of those big question marks for Atlanta, of course. Cornerback Darquees. Yeah, Darquees, Darquees. Yeah. yeah. Dar, dar, dark, dar, well, dark, some some people said Darquez, Darquees, whatever. Darquees Denard? Denard? Denard. Denard. Yeah. yeah. God, I hate Having names. trouble with that one, man. Dude, I don't know. There's a couple of names that have come <laughs> up on the injury report this year where I feel like if I say it wrong, I sound like an idiot to maybe the Atlanta fans who are going to tune in. But, uh he had a quad injury, and he did not practice today. Here is a big one. Defensive tackle Grady Jarrett with a groin injury, limited participation. I'm pretty sure he was upgraded for today, uh, but I think we see Grady. He'll suit up, and he's a really big piece for that Atlanta defensive line. Here is the one that we have been waiting for. Number 11, wide receiver Julio Jones. That hamstring injury that's just been stringing along all season. He did not practice on Thursday. Do you think he plays? Oh, I wish we were doing the show on Friday night uh, <laughs> because that would be the indicator. If he practiced at all on Friday, I would say, yeah, uh, I'll say no. Uh, I'll say he, he doesn't play. If I had to guess, uh, I'll say that they, they sit him out one more week. He sat last week. Um, so I, I'll say they sit him out one more week and Julio Jones does not play, which obviously would be a huge break for the Bucks. Yeah. Now this next guy, I'm not sure what his track record looks like this week, but it wasn't injury related. Alex Mack, their center did not participate. I feel like he'll be fine, right? Not injury related. Um, I guess that changed from yesterday. So I'm assuming he practiced. I just wasn't able to see what Wednesday's was. So I think he'll be good to go. Offensive tackle Caleb McGarry, not injury-related, did not participate. Defensive end Stephen Means with a hand injury was limited. Wide receiver Calvin Ridley with a foot injury was limited. And, uh, you know, we just talked about Julio Jones, his possible absence. A guy who has stepped up a lot for Atlanta this year and doesn't get enough credit is definitely Calvin Ridley. 
Yeah, and I mean, he's uh, just like you said, stepped up in his absence. A guy like Russell Gage has also stepped up uh, in Julio's absence. So, and Julio hasn't really been healthy all season. Yeah. So, um, and Ridley himself has has been banged up a little bit. So those guys like Gage have really, uh, you know, had a bigger role. And yeah, Ridley's had a had a really good season. He's got over a thousand yards, and there's still three games left. So, um, good for him. Yeah, fullback Keith Smith with a neck injury, full participation. Defensive end Jacob something, Mariner. I don't want to pronounce that incorrectly and make an ass out of myself again. Elbow injury, limited participation for him. He should be good to go. Linebacker Michael Walker with a shoulder injury, limited participation. So there is your lengthy injury report. Thanks, Atlanta. Let's get into this game preview. And and we look at this Falcons team first. The Falcons have been under Raheem Morris. I think they fired Dan Quinn week six. They were 0-5 when they fired Dan Quinn. Since then, they have gone 4-4. Four and four. They kicked the ever-loving hell out of the uh, out of the Raiders a couple of weeks ago. I almost, mm. I almost said Oakland. I had to catch myself. Mm. Basically, they kicked the Raiders' ass a couple of weeks ago. That game was 43-6. Definitely the outlier on their season so far, but... You know, something this Falcons team seems to do every single year is just finish strong. And, you know, we're in the middle of another one of those runs, right? It does seem that way, doesn't it? It, it does seem like their, their first, you know, two quarters of the season, their first eight games are just so bad that they, they end up winning a few games down the stretch. And all it does is not get them in the playoffs. It just ruins their draft positioning. Um, yeah, you know, so obviously... Falcons, the Bucks went into Atlanta last year and won, and uh, the Falcons returned the favor with a win in Tampa last year to end the season. And it was like you said, it was just that the Falcons finished strong. So, um, you know, th- they played New Orleans tough for two games. Uh, they, they lost both games, but but they played New Orleans tough. They just lost a game to the Chargers at the last second. Uh, so, I mean, they're they're playing tough. They're they're not getting blown out really much anymore. Uh, you know, once Dan Quinn left, they were really starting to, to play teams tougher. And it's, it's, you know, it's just that thing about an interim coach that, that's, you know, players play harder for the interim coach and the Falcons just, do they have the talent? I, I don't know, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, but I, I think that they're, they're going to play hard. I don't think this is going to be, you know, some easy, like I remember they, they played the Packers. I think that might've been Dan Quinn's last game. Uh, that when the Falcons played the Packers on like Monday night and the Packers just whooped them, yeah. I don't think it's going to be like that easy. So, um, no, we'll see what happens. But I think the Falcons are going to play tough. I think they've they've proven that they're they can hang with, with some guys, and their and their defense has really improved as well over the last few weeks. Yeah, that defense, by the way, swapping out a lot of pieces over the offseason. We'll talk about that mm-hmm. shortly, but. I want to talk about expectations for this matchup, particularly expectations for Tampa Bay coming into it. I know that every single week we play a division opponent. I get up on my soapbox and I say, oh, division games are tough. You got to come up and, and play your they best are. and brightest. And they are. They are. Uh-oh. You know, we just talked about Atlanta kind of finishing strong and they're playing tough football right now. And the Buccaneers have had to win some ugly games from some bad teams who play tough football. But I need to see Tampa Bay just pick Atlanta apart on Sunday. I, I really do. Like, if you're going to set the tone for these final three games, it has to start against a division opponent. And if you come out rolling, Atlanta would love to upset. 
That's the thing as oh, well. Yeah. Like, yep. you, you know, they have this vision in their heads that if they beat us on Sunday, they pretty much stop our, our, our playoff push dead in its Raheem tracks. Morris pretty much said it. I mean, yeah, that's exactly, you know, they, yeah, that's they, exactly what he said. The, the Falcons are eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. Um, they cannot get in. So, you know, they have nothing to play for, but that's a dangerous team. You know, when, when you're when you're playing a team that has nothing to lose, uh, that that makes them way more dangerous. So, and they're going to be willing to try more stuff and experiment. So, yeah, um, they would love nothing more than to beat the Bucks here and then beat the Bucks week seventeen and then go, hey, yeah, you guys are sitting at nine wins. You ain't making the playoffs. See ya. And it's because of us. Like that. That's what they would love. Nothing. I mean, Raheem Morris especially get revenge on his old team. Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator, and obviously you know Matt Ryan's always going to want to beat a division opponent. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, with all due respect to Atlanta, sure, they have been playing some tough ball, but I just, I think if Tampa Bay comes into this and they play their best foot forward, they find what works on offense, which it really looks like they were off to a good start against Minnesota. The defense kind of continues their rhythm. The run defense shows up. I'm expecting a really stout game from the run defense. Falcons are 25th in the league running the football. Bucks still have the number one run defense, even missing Vita Vea. They need to play like it, and I think they will. But uh, without giving too much away, <laughs> this is the uh, this is the first time in like a month or two that I that I have the Buccaneers winning by more than one possession. Like that's that's how I think this game is going to go if they show up and they play well. I, I really do. Yeah, I, I mean, the the Falcons just things can either they play tough and maybe they win, or it seems like it's a blowout. Um, obviously, you know, like you brought up, they have that one blowout versus Vegas, but I don't know what was going on with Vegas there. Uh, like they've Vegas almost lost to the Jets, <laughs> you know, oh, um, and then they just lost to the Colts. So they're reeling kind of, uh, I'm not really sure. I think the Bucks are just a better football team than anyway, but yeah, I mean, it, it's a game, like you said, you'd like to see the Bucks come out and, you know, they won ugly versus Minnesota and, you know, you, you would like to see them come out and just put together finally a complete game for the first time since what green Bay, um, really, and even that, I mean, the first quarter wasn't kind to them. So, uh, really for the first time all year, maybe coming yeah. out with a complete game and just, and I'm sure there's uh, going to be people who want to look at the Raiders game just because of the final score. Yeah. But if we remember Raiders definitely came out and they scored first yeah. and, and a slow yeah. start has, has definitely buried the bucks more than once this season. Yeah. And the bucks scored 14 points when the game didn't matter or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. That the game was already decided and the bucks scored more. So um yeah i mean yeah and i the falcons are gonna play i i think they're gonna play tough now just because they're they're playing tough does not mean that this is gonna be a one point game like that doesn't mean that it's you can play tough and and still lose you know by by a decent amount i mean i think they they played the saints tough they lost by five but then they played the saints tough in new orleans and they lost 24 to nine like you know it's just I, I think that they they're gonna play tough, but I just think at the end of the day, I don't know if they have enough talent to to match what, what the Bucks are trying to do right now. And the Bucks seem still motivated. I don't think they're obviously they're not in the business to be doing this, but I don't think they're overlooking the Falcons, uh, especially since it's a division opponent. I think if it wasn't, 
maybe you could say, oh, maybe they do overlook this team. But I think at the division opponent, they realize that like this, if they win this game, they have basically a 99.9% chance to make the playoffs pretty much uh, if they win this game. So I, I think uh, they, they realize that on Sunday. Without a doubt. Let's talk about this. Falcons offense and what they bring Mm -hmm. to the table a lot of it's pretty familiar you do have some new pieces back there but former MVP Matt Ryan he's got a uh, pretty good passing attack it's a dirt cutter offense we know what to expect with that Calvin Ridley Julio Jones who might not even play but you got Todd Gurley in the backfield Uh, Hayden Hurst new tight end they swapped him or uh, swapped Austin Hooper for Hayden Hurst who I kind of I kind of like I hate to say that but um what do you make of this Falcons offense, and, and what do you expect? Do you think they can do some damage? Well, it all depends on what Bucks pass rush shows up. I mean, if you look at uh, – I'll see if I can find the tweets later in the show, but John Leder had tweeted out, I believe, a few days ago that Shaq Barron, JCPR, Pierre Paul last year had, like, in the two games versus the Falcons, they had, like, 17 pressures and, like – five and a half sacks or something in two games combined. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you can get that, I mean, if you can hit Matt Ryan, just don't let him stand there and pick you apart because um, Matt Ryan, to me, when I look at it, I don't think he's been that good this year. Uh, he had a stretch there about three or four games early in the year when the Falcons were, you know, I mean, they were putting up a lot of points and they were still losing. Uh, you know, the Cowboys game comes to mind, but uh, – other than that, I mean, Matt Ryan and this offense really has just hit a wall. Um, if you look at just their point totals, uh, 22 points against the Lions, to, uh, 25 points against the Panthers, 34 points against the Broncos, but nine points against the Saints, 43 against the Raiders. Okay, that's the outlier, yeah. even though I do believe they had a defensive score in there. Uh, 16 points against the Saints, and then 17 points against the Chargers. So this offense just is not getting in the same rhythm. I don't think Matt Ryan's been very good this year. Uh, he's losing arm strength. It's so obvious that he throws a noodle ball now. Uh, the, it has no power on it at all. I, I'm not scared of Todd Gurley. I wasn't scared when they signed him. There was rumors that the Bucks could sign Todd Gurley. I didn't want them to. Oh, yeah, uh, for, I, remember I, just, those. I just don't think he's good. Um, I, I think he used to be good, but I think he's done pretty much. So he's having a decent season, um, but I, I don't think he's anything to really worry about too much. And I expect the Bucks uh, run defense to get back on track. <laughs> Uh, this Falcons team is not good at running the ball. Yeah. So, and obviously, you know, like Calvin Ridley, you know, you got to be sure to, to know where he's at. Like, like I said, a guy like Russell Gage, I think, can hurt you. Hayden Hurst, uh, he's been on a slow streak too. Uh, as the, I, I feel like if Hayden Hurst performs well, the rest of the offense performs well because Hayden Hurst has not been good the last, you know, four or five weeks, and this offense really hasn't either. So uh, that that's going to be big. And, the offense changes if Julio Jones plays. It, yeah. it does. It, it changes the entire outlook on the game if, if Julio Jones plays. If Julio Jones plays, do you think we see a Calvin Ridley touchdown? Because I feel like they always save that play for Tampa. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's a bet online. Or, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's a bet over on Bet Online sure, if you want to check sure. that out. Sure. I mean, I mean, Calvin Ridley has eight touchdowns this season, so it's not like unheard of. But No, but I meant uh, like a Calvin Ridley passing touchdown. Oh, well, that was only Mohamed Sanu that did that, I think. Was it really? Was yeah, it, it wasn't. It was, it was Sanu was, to Ridley. It, I thought it was Sanu to Jones. 
Might have been both, dude. I just I feel like they always pull know. that play out on us. It could have been yeah, two I, years since I, they've run it, but I just well, always I know remember that, uh, that and how mad it made me. I think, uh, Russell Gage threw a touchdown pass to Calvin Ridley last week. Oh, uh, against the Chargers, so I guess watch out for that. But I don't know if they'll try that two weeks in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I don't know. I'm I'm not as scared. I I still think the Bucks need to play good. Like like the defense is gonna have to play good. But I'm not as scared of the Falcons' offense as I have been in years past. And maybe it's because Jones is 100%. I don't think Ryan's been very good, but I just I'm not really concerned about it as as much as I I have been in past matchups against this team. I definitely think having a stretch of you know the offenses that the Bucks are coming off of helps in that sense as well. Uh, but when it comes to looks that the Bucks can bring on defense to slow down their attack. Um, I think it's another good week to just try and get pressure with four. You, you brought up last yep. year's really good performance from Shaq and JPP. I really think both of them get a sack on Sunday. I think they repeat that impressive performance from 2019. And, um, you know, bringing pressure with four is, is something we talked about a lot this season. But as you get closer to the playoffs, I think if you have a stretch of games where you effectively bring pressure that way, like they did last week against Minnesota to the tune of six sacks, I really think it just helps you making those adjustments, especially those mid-game adjustments when the game starts to matter a lot more. Yeah, you know, and I like you said, I, I think it would be wise to to try and get pressure with four. Um I, I think it would it would be very smart. Last year when they went to Atlanta, they had Vita Vea and Vita Vea was like the player of that game. He aside from just catching a touchdown pass, is actually what he was doing on the defensive line. Um, I mean, towards the end of that game, I think the Bucks ended up with five or six sacks of Matt Ryan. Uh, Nadal Kinsu played well. So the Falcons offensive line is definitely not something to write home about. And I think that the Bucks are gonna have to, you know, exploit that. And I think Getting pressure with four is a key to success because, especially if Jones plays, I don't want to send blitzers and have Jones, you know, one on one with guys like. I think Carlton Davis matches up decent with him, but and then you're, you know, you're trusting a guy like Calvin Ridley against probably Jamel Dean. Um, but I'm just, I, you just don't want to take that bet. I don't think so. Yeah. I think the the smart thing is just, yeah, try to get pressure with four, make them go into third and longs. They're not going to run the whole ball a whole lot. Like they, they don't run it a ton. So, um, and when they do, they run at the wrong times. It's just <laughs> right now it's just the, the offense is just in a weird, weird funk. So, uh, I think getting pressure with four is definitely important. Absolutely. Let's talk about some matchups on the other side of the football. Before we really get into that, though, I do have a pretty important question for you. Okay. What did you think of Byron Leftwich's play calling last week? I thought it was fine. Um, I mean, how many downfield shots did they take? Not many. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, but and the, the pewter report guys really brought this up, and it was a good point. I didn't really think about it a whole lot. The Vikings had so much time of possession. Like, they had the ball almost the entire game. Yeah. So the Bucks offense really didn't have as many drives as we're used to. So they didn't or they weren't they didn't do as much, but they weren't able to do as much. Yeah. They didn't have as many opportunities. So when they were going, you know, when they weren't getting those what the first two, I think their first two offensive possessions, they didn't get anything. And then on the third one was the Miller touchdown, I think. Mm-hmm. Um but I mean, you know, they didn't get a whole ton of opportunities. So I think in the limited sample size on Sunday, I thought it was fine. It's not like they're taking downfield shots. I like what they did with Shady on third down. Uh, I like the the screen game 
scheme to Antonio Brown's that stick mover type deal. Yeah. Um, I, I like the the goal line play, the second and goal play action with Gronkowski. They haven't really ran that all year. So, yeah, I, I, I was fine with it. They got Rojo, what, 19 touches of the football. Yeah. Uh, I was I was completely fine with it. No, I, I get you. And, and I think that you would just mention, you know, Ronald Jones getting close to 20 carries. I think that's going to be another important thing headed into this game. Um, that Falcons defense, they're definitely not great. They are 28th in the NFL in yards given up per game. They average about 390 yards given up a game. Yeah. That is well, uh, definitely not great. <laughs> they are uh, – so if let me – let me see if you can guess what the Bucks' game plan is going to be this week. The Falcons are seventh. The Falcons' defense is seventh against the run. The Falcons' defense is 29th against the pass. So what do you think the Bucks are going to do? Oh, play action. Uh, you know, I th- well, no, it's not going to be that. They, they, <laughs> that. That's one thing I'll complain about is that, yes, it was a small sample size, and they did run it a little bit, but they didn't run it as much as I would like to. I think maybe six or seven times during the game that they ran it, which I'd like it to be closer to 10 or 11. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brady only threw the ball. That's, that's how you know it wasn't a huge sample size. Brady only threw the ball 23 times. Like that might have been one of his lowest totals of the season for like throwing the football. Yeah. He only attempted twenty three th- throws, so uh, they just didn't have it a lot. So looking to get more play action, but I mean, I just don't know if the Falcons secondary is going to be able to handle Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rob Gronkowski. I just I don't know. And Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle it. They're they are giving up huge yards through the air and. Um, yeah, I think the Bucks will try to run the ball, but I think obviously they'll see that that doesn't work and that Tom Brady can just pick them apart. Uh, what's the one way to beat Tom Brady, Rhett? Uh, pressure, man. They don't have any pass rush, so it does not matter. It's great. It's Grady, Jarrett, and then nobody. So uh, I think the offensive line should be fine. Uh, I trust this offensive line at this point. So we've seen if Brady can sit back there, he's just going to pick you apart. So I think it could be a long day for the Falcons' defense. Yeah. I just had a pretty fun idea regarding Tom Brady's potential game on Sunday. Watched his press conference today. He He's starting to sound a little bit more confident. He's rocking that Michigan TV 10 shirt, which is pretty kick-ass. I need to get me one of those, although I'm a Penn State fan, so it's probably frowned upon. But. Oh, there you go. But I wanted to ask, and guys, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can definitely respond in the comments down below. But I want to sponsor this segment by our good friends over at betonline.ag, because I'm sure there is a bet over there for it. Over or under this week, Tom Brady, three touchdowns. I'm I'm trying to think of my score prediction, and if I say if it would make sense. Well, if you want mine while you think about it, I'm Uh, I'm slamming the over. I I think this is a game where... Slamming the over? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about slamming the over. I think he gets four. I think he gets four. Okay, that's week. not uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll say over because I think he gets four too. But when you say slam the over, I think you're thinking like five or six. I'm oh like, no, eh? I just meant slam as in like I'm going to be quick to take the over because I think he gets a four touchdown game this I'll, Sunday. I'll I'll say he gets four and throws one pick just because I think they're going to be throwing it a lot, so there's going to be more opportunities to get picks. Okay, fair enough. But I, I think this is setting itself up for as we okay. Just how about this? How about this? Over under three hundred and seventy five passing yards. Under. Okay. Yeah. Slightly I, under. Or yeah, under? I say he gets like three thirty, three forty. Because what's the what's the highest total he has this season? I don't think he has I any four hundred yard games. Four, it's over. I think. Yeah, I think so. 
Does he? I'll, I'll, I'll research that. I'll, there you I'll go. Research that. But as I was saying, you know, as we had just mentioned, I really think this is shaping up to be just a big day in the air for this Tampa Bay offense. I don't think Atlanta is going to be able to keep up. And uh, if they see a deep shot, they're definitely going to take one because as we know, the quick pass works, works efficiently. But if the Bucks find themselves ahead in this game, even by three points and there's a deep shot there, you bet your ass they're going to take it because they don't mess around. They're not scared of that stuff. And, and I think we see that on full display. You have the stat sheet up? Uh, yeah, actually, I think I might. you might be right because Brady's gotten super close. Buddy, it's no cigar. Yeah. So I think his his high for this season is three sixty nine. Look at that! The guy that reads so, off the box score stat lines every single week might have gotten one right, huh? Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, his best like so his his game. I think we're we're looking at a game close to like the Las Vegas Raiders game. Yeah, Brady was. I, I think that's what you're looking at this weekend. Brady was thirty three for forty of uh, forty five for three hundred and sixty nine yards. Four touchdowns and no interceptions. Um, I think either that one or I think actually the more realistic one might Maybe be because I did say I did say he was going to throw that pick. So it was he was thirty for forty six, thirty of forty six for three hundred and sixty nine yards, five touchdowns and one interception. So I'll say he has four touchdowns and one interception. But I'll go I'll go slightly under. I'll say around three fifty. Okay. Um, we'll We'll yeah, get 350 I'm, yards. So. I'm right there with you. Let's go ahead and wrap up this game preview. I want to talk about this Falcons defense really quickly. We've been talking a lot about this uh, Buccaneers offense and our expectations for this Sunday. But the defense still, they've got Grady Jarrett up front. They've got Deion Jones in the middle. They've got Keanu Neal. Um, and they swapped out a lot of guys. You look at some of the moves that they made. They got Dante Fowler, basically swapped him for Vic Beasley. Or I'm sorry, swapped Vic Beasley for... Dante Fowler. You got Desmond Trufant, a guy whose name that we heard all the time when playing Tampa Bay. Swapped him out for A.J. Terrell. So with some new additions to that defense and a lack of, I guess, just, you know, star power there, what what, what do you make of their unit? It's not good. <laughs> like, it's just, <laughs> it's just not good. I mean, the reason they were losing all those games in the beginning when I said their offense was on fire was the defense was terrible. Yeah. Um, I understand it's a young group. Uh, they invested a lot of youth in it. But uh, Dante Fowler hasn't been good, and I thought he was going to be good. Grady, like I said, Grady Jarrett is, like, the only one on that defensive line that even remotely scares me. It's just – it's Grady Jarrett and then just a bunch of average to below average players, and they just they can't get any pass rush. And the Falcons, I know the Bucks have had like you know had like issues with pass rush, um, not really much the past three years. Like ever since Jason Pierre Paul came, they really haven't had much issues with the pass rush. So like I'll say the last three seasons or so, they've been fine. But the Falcons, I, I feel like ever since I started watching football, they've needed pass rushers. Like when you look at the draft, I always mock pass rushers to them just because it's it's so easy. They, they It's what they need, and they still haven't gotten it. So uh, their linebackers are okay. Deion Jones is good. Um, their, their safety's all over Ricardo Allen. If, they, if they're missing him, that might be a loss. Keanu Neal's a good player. They, they have some decent players on our team, but there's just nobody on there that I'm like, oh, like – you know, I think don't let Grady Jarrett wreck the game, and I think you're fine. Yeah. This offensive line, by the way, coming off of another pretty solid performance protecting TB12. So I think they're going to do just that. Um, I don't think the Falcons pose a, a pose a threat when it comes to the pass rush. I think Brady will have plenty of time to throw. And, and going back to what we talked about, that's why I think this is just an offensive explosion for Tampa Bay. 
We wrap things up on every single game preview show the same every week with our weekly checklist. And basically what this is, is it's three things Tampa Bay needs to do. They want to come out victorious against Atlanta. Some of these are cliche. Some of them we've already talked about, but it's necessary. And you know what? If you've got your own weekly checklist, drop it in the comments down below and let us know what you're thinking the keys to victory are this week. And of course, Evan, as always, if you ever want to add anything, just let me know. But here we go. Number one on my weekly checklist Continue to bring pressure with four. I think this is a good week for it. We talked about it a little bit earlier, but I don't think this offensive line of Atlanta is going to put up that much of a fight. Do I think they're going to get seven sacks or more? Probably not, um, just because Matt Ryan still has some pretty okay pocket awareness. But I definitely think that if they can bring pressure with four, it'll just get easier for them. I mean, you've got Detroit on the slate next Sunday, and then you've got Atlanta again. So... You know, they're really shaping up to be two games they could feast on after this game. Um, but I think bringing pressure with four is going to be important, and I think it's a really good week to kind of keep trying to float the waters there because it definitely worked against Minnesota. Number two, commit to the run, even if it's not with Ronald Jones. I know we talked about, yeah, I know, you're kind of cringing here, and I know we talked about this is going to be a passing explosion, and I'll tell you, I wrote this down before we talked about the passing day, but... I still think it's important. I still think you need to come out of the gate and just solidify a guy that this defense is going to target as your as your back. And I think it'll be Leonard Fournette, but give me 15 carries on the day by whoever it is, and, and I'll be happy. What do you think? Well, uh, while I was looking at that Vegas game, there was that Brady stat line, and Fournette, I think, had 11 carries. So um, would you be all right with that? I think it was 11 carries for 50 yards, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you know, if he has 10, 11 carries in the game and they're up by two possessions, then forget about it. Whatever. Do whatever the hell you want to do and win the game. I think he'll probably get most of his carries at the end of the game if they're in a two-clock situation. But I just I like when you commit to the run because, I don't know, it just makes this offense work so much easier. It really, really feels that way. Number three on the weekly checklist to wrap up mine, clean it up on defense and get off the field on third down. Um, you just, you have to, like, you really have to. Um, when it comes to cleaning it up, can't see those offsides penalties anymore. I know Shaq Barrett gets them every now and again because he's one of those pass rushers that likes uh -huh. to kind of judge the snap and, and sometimes uh -huh. he'll misjudge it, which he's not the only guy in the NFL to do that. Most of the edge rushers do it. He's yeah, just the every edge rusher. Yeah. It's a guessing game. It's a guessing game on exactly. when the quarterback's going to snap the ball. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when Dominic Sue jumping off sides on third and seven, that just can't happen. It, it can't happen when you're getting closer also to the Also, can't be thrown. The flag can't be thrown when he didn't jump off sides. So. That's fair. I'm, I'm just saying, after no, I, the film, I, I and then, you. But you, know, you understand Evan, the... Evan Winter. Yeah, I know. But Evan Winter slowed it down. I'm just bringing this up because I know I brought it up on the game review show. I was like, that oh, was not off sides. And it, was, it wasn't it was off sides. It was just perfectly timed by Sue, and they just missed it. So it ended up being a Vikings touchdown on that drive when really it would have been fourth and seven, and you're charting out Dan Bailey again for a field goal. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I... I bad call but yeah I, I mean i agree it's the offsides penalties have been increased in the last three weeks or so and the reason i put these on there together is because i feel like they go hand in hand because i swear to god it feels like these penalties usually happen on third down where you set up third and manageable to third and short and it's pretty much a guaranteed move of the chains for the offense so getting off of the field on third down is important just because we've seen so many drives where like minnesota dragging out the time of possession, keeping the defense out there. And while they did play well, 
they're still going to get tired if they're playing well or not. So come the playoffs, getting off the field on critical downs is going to be much more important. And I think that's something that they need to focus on against a team that just is not very good this Sunday. Do you have anything you want to add to the list? <laughs> you know, I, I, I promised I wasn't going to bring this back up. Stop it. Stop it. You even told me after the game that it wasn't going to be talked about. Well, after what game? Because are we talking about the same thing? Uh, we, we might be. Was it something that was on the list and is not anymore? Yeah. What the hell, Evan? You said you weren't. Dude, I don't know who the kicker's going to be. Okay, all right. I'll give you that one. I'm sorry. <laughs> Make the kicks, <laughs> please. <laughs> Make your kicks, okay? I, uh, you know, come on. They no. are playing. I don't Brett, know if Brett, Matt, the... Brett Maher, whatever, Greg Joseph, whatever. Make your kick. So if try and suck up. We're good. Now, yeah, we we're, we're we're good. But I, I don't know if they're going to be playing with that roof open or closed. Chances are probably open because it is a one o'clock game. Um, but I don't think wind is usually too much of a factor in that spaceship of a stadium up there. So definitely even that much more reason to make your kicks. But uh, oh, it hurts me to say it again. But but yeah. We, uh, like I said, if, if it wasn't, if, if Suckup was fine, I wouldn't have said it. But I don't know who the kicker is going to be. So if Suckup's playing, forget it. That's forget fair. I even said it, and it'll never be brought up again. But since Suckup, I don't know if he's playing. I have to say it. Well, forgive me for getting on your case. I appreciate you. Oh, and also, uh, they need a big game for, for Mike Evans. Um, yeah. That's something. I'll get Mike Evans involved for two reasons. One, because I think it just makes the offense better. Don't I'm not worried about record, baby. I, I'm not worried about – see, yeah, whatever, sure. But I'm also <laughs> – I'm not worried about 1,000 yards or whatever. I could care less. Mike Evans could care less. Um, so I'm not really worried about that. Um, the, my only personal gain in it is that I have him – in my fantasy and we're in the second round of the playoffs right now. So need Mike Evans to be need Mike Evans to get me more than eight points this week than he got me last week. Mm -hmm. So um I also have Calvin Ridley. So I honestly I would love to see Mike have a big game. I I know that, you know, everybody knows I'm a huge Mike Evans fan, but I did feel kind of good last week because while I'm not super great at fantasy, I did jump on my buddy's fantasy football show and I told him not to get Mike Evans and hearing that he only put up eight points made me feel pretty good because he was making me feel bad for telling him not to get Mike Evans. And now I don't feel so bad. So, so there, there it is. you go. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, that is the weekly checklist. If the bucks are able to do all of those things, they should, and probably will come out victorious this Sunday. Let's do some final score predictions and get the hell out of here. As I mentioned earlier on the show, this is the first time I've picked the bucks to win by more than one possession in God, what feels like all season, but it's, it's definitely been quite some time. I've got him putting up 35 points off of those four Brady touchdowns. Maybe you see Leonard Fournette punch it in the end zone one time. But my final score, 35 to 24, Tampa Bay on top. Okay. Um, uh, Going apple picking, I guess. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to go one point lower. I'm going to go 34 to 26 bucks. Uh, I just think that the Falcons defense is – they're not. I think the Falcons' offense may have some success if they're able to run the ball a little bit, but I just don't think the Falcons' defense is going to be able to match. I mean, the Falcons' offense is literally going to be have to score on every single drive. I just don't think right now they're there's in a funk right now, and I don't think they're able to do that. So uh, I think the 
The Bucks will pretty much be in control of this game the whole game. I originally had this as a loss on the season prediction show. I had it as a loss, and when people were, you know, after the bye week, people were asking me, you know, oh, what, what is your prediction for the final four games? And I kept saying three and one. And I think the one loss is versus Atlanta in Atlanta, but with potentially no Julio Jones, uh, potentially no Ricardo Allen, banged up Falcons team, a Bucks team that's relatively healthy. I think I'll I'll take the Bucks uh, to to win, so I'll I'll go with that and uh, yeah, um, pretty optimistic by me actually because a lot of mine are normally pretty close. I mean I know it's eight points, it's still one possession, but a lot of mine are like normally four points, yeah. three points, something like that. So uh, I think the the Falcons. The only reason I had didn't do double digits was because I'm always scared to like predict double digit wins for any team and it's a division opponent. So I think it's tough to predict a double digit win. Even though every Bucks loss in the division this year has been by double digits, I believe, and every Bucks win has been by double digits, but we'll see. That's kind of crazy. Might have to look up a stat for that. I'll have to get it. My boy Greg Allman on Twitter. He always comes in clutch with those. But I appreciate your optimism this week. Appreciate you uh, cheering the hell up and you know having some uh, faith in this team. But uh, okay, yeah, it's yeah. not like I since I you since you never it's not like I didn't pick them last week. Yeah, yeah so according I, to I a just, lot of people, I, you, you don't have any faith oh in this God. team whatsoever. I hate I hate them. Apparently, I just you know it, I people that complain about it now on my page is so much bigger and stuff. I don't know what what if they went like Bucks fans like if they like were following the page in like 2015, 2016, I don't know what they would have done because dude, I predicted the Bucks would lose almost like every game <laughs> back then. Like very rarely. Like I'll go back like sometimes on board and I'll be like, "Okay, so I predicted this and their actual record was this." So if everything if my predictions were 100% right, what would their record be? And the most was like 7 and 9 one year. Like, I just never pick the Bucks, And the one year I do, and God forbid I, I pick against the Bucks versus the Rams and versus the Chiefs, and, yeah, God forbid. There you go. There you go. Get some damn faith. Ladies and gentlemen, we are on the road to the playoffs, and a win this Sunday will definitely propel the Bucks a little yeah, bit. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, let's do it. Let's uh, close things out. So some playoff scenarios, that. something that we've never yeah. talked about this far in no. the season. <laughs> Not realistically, at least. I mean, we um, talked last season, you know, Bucks have to win out and finish 50-50 yeah. and need everybody else to lose so we can make it at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7. and seven. But this year, it definitely feels real. Yeah, so uh, there's one scenario this weekend, and it is very unlikely, but it is a scenario. Um, the Bucks obviously need to win. That's that's the, the constant in all this. The Bucks have to beat the Falcons. That is the one constant that if they don't beat the Falcons, it don't matter. <laughs> so they have to win, and then Minnesota is facing Chicago. That game has to end in a tie. If that game ends in a tie, the Bucks will make the playoffs. They'll clinch the playoffs. If it doesn't, the Bucks will have to wait potentially another week. Um, there's been one tie in the NFL this year, and it was like week three, I believe. So I don't think it's likely you're going to see a tie. Now that so, scenario you're about to bring up, I believe, falls on Christmas Day, which would make a pretty yep. kick-ass Christmas so present. The, the, the next the next scenario is the more realistic one and the one that I think is going to come to fruition. So if the Buccaneers beat the Falcons, like I said, number one thing, got to beat the Falcons. Uh, and then the Vikings beat the Bears. Okay, that's week 15. The Bucks have not yet clinched the playoff spot. If those two things happen, the Bucks have not yet clinched the spot. However, 
the Saints play the Vikings on Christmas night. Christmas is on a Friday this year, and the Bucks play December 26th, which is a Saturday. If the Saints beat the Vikings on Christmas, I believe the game is at 4:30. So you'll know by what 7:30, 8 o'clock. If the Bucks, if if the Bucks, if the Saints beat the Vikings on Christmas, the Bucks will clinch a playoff spot. So that would be a pretty cool Christmas present um, for a lot of Bucks fans. I know have been waiting a lot of years for it. Uh, so it could potentially come on Christmas night. If it doesn't, I believe obviously the Bucks. I think just beating the Lions almost would pretty much do it. Um, if, if the Bucks beat the Falcons and let's say the Saints would beat the Vikings next week, but the Vikings would lose to the Bears this week, it doesn't matter. It still wouldn't work. I still think the Bucks would have to beat the, the Lions. But you're looking at the Bucks potentially clinching a playoff spot before even playing uh, the game on, on Saturday versus D- Detroit. So uh, and I know a lot of people have asked me, they said, well, you know, why would you root for the Saints? And I understand, but the, the Saints would have to lose out and the Bucks would have to win out for the Bucks to get the division. Saints and are already the Saints, off to a hot start. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously the Saints play the Chiefs this week. I think they'll probably lose, but then they play the Vikings, who I think they're a better team than the Vikings, even if Taysom Mills is the quarterback. And then they, they play the Panthers. I, I just don't see them losing to the Panthers. So I don't know how realistic that is. And then the other one people have been asking me is about, and this is the last thing I'll bring up about it, is that, well, what does it matter if the Vikings win? Because, you know, if the Vikings win and the Bucks win, aren't the Bucks in? Aren't the Bucks clinched a playoff spot? And the answer is no, because that would mean that the Vikings could still get to, to nine wins. Uh, it would not matter. And a lot of people said, well, the Bucks have the head-to-head tiebreaker with the Vikings. They do. But the the problem with the head-to-head tiebreakers is that the Cardinals are also involved in this mix, and the Cardinals have seven wins. So the Bucks are sitting at eight wins, the Cardinals are at seven wins, and the Vikings are at six wins. The Vikings, if the Vikings win all three games, the Cardinals win two more games, and the Bucks only win one more game, they're all nine and seven. In three-way ties for the last wild card spot, a three-way tie, you throw out the head-to-head matchups. So the Bucks obviously did not play the Cardinals. And I don't believe the Cardinals played the Vikings, so that wouldn't matter. But the Bucks did play the Vikings, and the Bucks beat the Vikings. That doesn't matter in a three-way tie. If it were head-to-head, just Bucks Vikings, yeah, Bucks would win a tiebreaker. But in a three-way tie, that does not matter. Instead, it goes to conference record. The Bucks' conference record, if they would only win one more game, would be six and six in in the NFC versus NFC opponents. The Cardinals' record versus NFC opponents, if they win nine games, would be seven and five. The Vikings' record, if they win nine games versus NFC opponents, would be seven and five, and the Bucks would be out of the playoffs. So, is it likely? I don't think it's likely, but that is one of the scenarios where the Bucks miss the playoffs completely. So that's why they can't just clinch this weekend with a Bucks win and a Vikings win or a Vikings loss. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because you know you you brought up having to root for the Saints on Christmas, which really sucks because I hate rooting for those guys ever. But it almost makes you want to root for them harder because, God forbid, they lose. Yeah, it still gives the Bucks kind of a shot at the division. But, God forbid, the Bucks lose one more time. Then I guess you kind of find yourself in just a wacky situation there. And knowing Tampa Bay's luck. Uh, they've you know, been in this position before. I mean, you know, they they have to complete it down the stretch. They, they really do. Nothing is earned right here. 
You know, uh, they were nine and three under John Gruden and lost four straight games, missed the playoffs. Gruden got fired, and that was the downfall. That was the the franchise going from eh, probably not up here, but they were in the middle tier, and then they just boom, right? So uh, that was that was it. That's what led to it, the, the collapse. So they got to win. You know, yeah. they have to. I mean, these are these three games. They gotta win. They gotta win two of them at least. You, you can you can afford to lose one. You can't afford to lose two. You can afford to lose one of them and just win the two, but you cannot afford to lose two games. And lucky for Tampa Bay, you look at these last three games, and I think they are definitely more than favorable when you compare them to some of the teams they've played over the last month or so. But ladies and gentlemen. With all of that being said, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube or listening on any major podcast platform and checking us out over there. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Click the little bell icon to turn notifications on. You get notified every time we do a call-in show, upload something, upload some exclusive content, weekly hype videos, all sorts of great stuff. It's the best way to experience the show. But if you are a faithful audio listener, we truly do appreciate you. And uh, if you want to show your appreciation back, go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That stuff really helps out the show a lot more than you think it does. So get to it. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcasts. Best place to go for updates on the show. And, of course, Buccaneer News as it happens. Speaking of Buccaneer News as it happens, you can check out my co-host on Instagram at Bucks underscore timeout. We're going to do a timeout. Speaking of Bucks news as it happens, here's Bucks news as it happens. Oh, my. Uh, so Rick Stroud at 617 said Bucks should have all three specialists for Sunday at Atlanta. Uh, kicker Ryan Suckup, Bradley, punter Bradley Pinion, and long snapper Zach Triner will return to practice Friday after being quarantined. One turned out to be a false positive and the other two for close contact. So forget about me saying make your kicks because it does appear that Ryan Suckup will be the Buccaneers kicker uh, on Sunday in Atlanta. So well, it seems like they have what? all three you of the specialists back. You know how times are changing in Tampa Bay. You know how you can tell. Well, the Cannon Fire podcast doesn't get through an entire episode without breaking some news. Because if you noticed, we're on the outro. I've got the intro screen rolling on YouTube to get us out of here. And we would have ended the episode and 15 seconds later found out we got our specialist. So thank you so much, Evan. And, of course, Rick Stroud for breaking that news. Thank you, Rick. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Encouraging news for Tampa Bay this Sunday. And as you guys know, I guess you can just write off one of those things on the weekly checklist definitely encouraging news so if you listened all the way to the end of this and you haven't attacked us in the comments yet saying that those guys are gonna play on sunday here is your breaking news ladies and gentlemen the bucks will have their specialists on sunday now buccaneer news that it happens there we not go. only can you get it here on the cannon fire podcast but go over on instagram bucks underscore daily the number one buccaneers fan page on instagram you can also follow evan on twitter at evan nfl last but not least you can find myself on instagram and twitter at Redicus r-h-e-t-t-a-k-u-s and if you follow me i will follow you back it is an exciting week in store for tampa bay times are definitely changing and this is the farthest into December that we have ever talked about a postseason appearance shaping up to be the first postseason appearance in the history of the podcast. Oh, I, I don't want to write anybody off. There's still three games left folks. So let's make sure we do that. But things are definitely looking up for Tampa Bay. I'm your host, Rhett Matthew signing off for my co-host, Evan Wanish. We'll talk to you guys Monday after the game until then go bucks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.